Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday morning. It is uh, June the 13th, 2022, and you're listening live here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Glad to be back with you here in another big week in the world of uh, of sports. As, uh, you know, always there's you know, plenty of things going on in the uh, in the world and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on over the weekend and as we had you know baseball as far as uh, college baseball the uh, college world series still continuing on these teams were punching their tickets to Omaha and uh, one team who's been basically the number one team in the country all year long it kind of flip-flopped a little bit here between here and there they had a little bit of a losing streak where they slipped to second place behind Oregon State but only for about one weekend Tennessee got sent home by Notre Dame in a thrilling weekend of baseball between those two schools and involved a player flipping off the opposing team and all kinds of crazy stuff going on there. So fun weekend of college baseball. And uh, it was it, Twitter was a buzz with uh, with people basically, uh, you know, seeing the, the you know, the, the, the Tennessee player with the gesture and then actively rooting against the volunteers all weekend, which. Uh, you know, it's what you got to love about sports is fans can just pick up something like that and just be like, no, nope, we're going to run against that dude now. So that was uh, that was fun. There was plenty of stuff going on there. And, you know, well, obviously NBA, NHL is the Tampa Bay Lightning punch their ticket to the Stanley Cup finals. I mean, here's this is a, a revelation that I'm sure I'm not, I guarantee I'm not the only one that has made this this revelation. Maybe it's not even a revelation, just this. This, you know, comparison, if you will, or, um, you know, noticed something that was going on in, in this. You know, it's, hockey's, it'll never be mistaken for the most popular sport on earth, okay? It's, 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 just, it's just never going to happen. Up in Canada, sure, that's all they talk about. It's their, it's their national sport up there. But here in the States, we have a lot of other things that, uh, that keep us busy over, you know, in Europe and such. It's soccer is king, followed closely uh, I, by hockey, I think, in certain, certain countries, obviously. But what we're seeing from the Tampa Bay Lightning is it's just incredible, to be honest with you. I mean, they're the two-time defending champs. They've won two years in a row, and now they're going back to the Stanley Cup Finals for a chance to win a third in a row. If this were a team that were led by LeBron James, let's just say, if this were, you know, a team, like a basketball team, you know, if this were the Los Angeles Lakers, or it doesn't even have to be the Lakers. It could have been the Cleveland Cavaliers or whatever going for their third consecutive championship, you'd be choking on the media acts, the, 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 you know, the, the media uh, coverage of that. And there would be, I mean, everything on TV, everything on radio, everything on the social medias would just be LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. I mean, they'd be crammed down your throat. And if it were in the NFL – you know, if it were you know a prominent, if it were Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, well, what are we saying? Aaron Rodgers isn't going to ever have a chance to win three championships. If it were Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or you know one of you know one of those real real, uh, you know obviously you know big time needle movers for uh, for the NFL, 
we would be absolutely suffocated by the media coverage and the fawning and the the praise that were heaped upon them and oh this is the great maybe maybe the greatest moments in sports history right now and i mean we would hear all the hyperbole right if you ask somebody a, an avid sports fan what they think about the Stanley Cup finals this year they'd be like who's in it <laughs> i mean that's just that's just the you know the difference in you know in how we look at the sports and i'll be honest with you the Stanley Cup playoffs have been a million times more exciting and a million times more watchable than the NBA playoffs have been. Not even just this year. It's not this year isn't the only year that the NBA playoffs have been just like ugh. it's been way worse this year. This is the worst it's ever been in my opinion. But it's it's been really bad. And Stanley Cup playoffs from from game 1 of this offseason have just been fantastic. They've been spectacular. They've been must-see TV in some situations. There haven't been as many overtimes and things like that as we've seen in past years, but certainly some really exciting games, games that have gone back and forth, just really exciting stuff, good hockey being played. I don't know if you could argue that we've seen a lot of great basketball being played in this postseason. I mean, certain players, Steph Curry is out of his mind right now, 43 points in game four. And we'll talk about him coming up uh, later in the show today. I just, I I feel like (laughs) we're missing the boat on great sports. If you're you're someone who just likes to watch great competition like I do, I I mean, I'll watch anything as long as the competition is is great. That's why I love the Olympics. You're watching the world's most elite athletes in one discipline for the for most of them one discipline who work their entire lives to get to this moment that's what makes the olympics to me so entertaining so watchable so compelling is because for a lot of these people they get one shot at it they've been training their entire lives for that moment and they're going to be competing against you know 9 10 12 15 whatever many people you know, in that in that event, in that discipline, whatever have you, in that sport, that they've never met before, from different countries, totally different cultures. I mean, it is a fascinating collection of competition, which is what I absolutely love. I, I watch Winter Olympics, I watch Summer Olympics. I just love watching great com- great competition. I love competing. I love to compete in my own life. You know, I'm I'm, I'm the most competitive person I know. I can't stand to lose anything so you know for me i just really enjoy watching a high level of competition and i don't think that we're getting it out of the nba this year and we're sure as hell getting it in the stanley cup playoffs and yet there's no media coverage of it we're gonna see you know the nhl's most dominant team all year in the in the colorado avalanche take on the two-time defending champs who against all odds have found their way back into the Stanley Cup final. It's just it's to me it's remarkable. And I think I think the I think Tampa Bay's gonna be really I mean, obviously they're here, they've made it, they're gonna be tough to beat. But I mean, as dominant as the Avs have been all season long, Tampa Bay is gonna be really difficult for them to beat. And it's it's like I was telling my buddy, it's it's you know, they have the true heart of a champion. Like in in boxing you know, they always say, oh, you want, you want to win the championship, you got to knock the champ out. Okay, that's a fair – I think that's a fair statement because 
it's it's tough to beat you know a wily champion in, in you know in that sport uh you know so you got to have to kind of knock them out but there's something about the heart of a champion which makes them tough to beat and i think that tampa bay embodies that uh, uh they embody that moniker so yeah tough to beat heart of a champion that it's it's going to be a fun stanley cup final i hope i hope y'all are watching i hope y'all are paying attention because it is going to decimate and blow away what we've seen so far in the first four games of the NBA Finals, which has just been basically a great Steph Curry putting a team on his back, winning a couple of games, and then you've seen Boston, who's been basically just Jalen Brown in a in a you know one game with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum even admitted in his press conference that he wasn't he hasn't been very good. He's not wrong. And you got Boston fans screaming about Ime Udoka continuing to play drop coverage on Steph Curry, leaving him wide open at times. You know, you can't you can't just pressure the guy the entire time because he'll beat you that way too. Like he's one of the best players of all time. You can't just be. And I know that there's been this conversation from media members before and sports fans and stuff. And LeBron and uh, Dwayne Wade were tweeting about it over the weekend about basically like the disrespect that Steph Curry gets and that he's, you know, underrated player and people always want to talk about what Steph Curry isn't as opposed to what he is. I don't know if he's, if Steph is disrespected. Steph is very well loved by the media who cover the NBA, the media who just covered sports nationally on a whole pro sports on a whole I think he's he's embraced by the fans. The fans love to watch Steph Curry mix it up. I mean, there if if he's playing against you, you 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 know you can't stand him for that night. But you can't tell me that there's not an NBA fan out there that hasn't watched some Steph highlights or watched a Warriors game and enjoyed the hell out of themselves watching it. Even though when he plays against your team, <laughs> you, you you hope a sniper takes him out. You know. You know the uh, uh, the uh, the Achilles, right? The uh, uh, I can't remember the the name of the the uh, the character in Greek history, Greek mythology, who shot the arrow that pierced Achilles' heel. But uh, uh, nonetheless, you, you're kind of hoping for someone to do that just out of the blue. You're like, somebody stop this guy, please! Can't we can't contain him? We can't beat him. And it's why I think that Steph Curry. I mean, you just go ahead and hand him the NBA Finals MVP award right now. There's nobody even on his level in this series. There's nobody even close, nobody even in his in his zip code in this particular NBA Finals series. Regardless of whether the Warriors win or lose, he's the most valuable player in this series. And, you know, I mean, who are you going to pick from the Celtics? Jalen Brown? Yeah, I mean, Jalen has been pretty good. He's, you know, he's been he's – been, uh, you know, Jalen Brown, but, you know, turned up a little bit. And he's been good, but he hasn't been great. He hasn't been MVP status. Steph Curry has been. Steph Curry is doing amazing things. 43 points in the game in game four and a chance tonight in San Francisco. We'll talk more about the NBA Finals coming up a little bit later on the show. I have some D-backs tickets to give away again this week. This time, because last week we were giving away tickets to this Saturday's game against the Twins on the 18th. This week we're going to be giving away tickets, as long as I have some to still give away, because they keep getting 
taken by the other radio show on this station. D-backs tickets to go see the Detroit Tigers on Saturday, June 25th. So we're going to have a pair of tickets to give away to that game coming up sometime between now and when we finish the show today at uh, 8.58 a.m. So be ready. Be listening for that. You'll, uh, it'll be your cue to call. You'll be, uh, you'll be calling in to, to win the tickets. I'll call out the, the number and the, uh, the number of the caller that's going to win, and you're going to win the tickets to go see the D-backs take on the Detroit Tigers Saturday, June 25th up here in Phoenix and uh, enjoy a little weekend away, and we'll go watch some baseball. Plenty of Wildcat news to talk about today, both basketball and football. We had some uh, developments over the weekend involving new players, new additions to uh, each of the team's rosters. We will certainly be talking about that. And, of course, we will be talking some NFL here as well because that is my promise to you every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show that we will talk some NFL. There's, I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's not a whole lot of NFL news necessarily to get into. Um, Lamar Jackson showed up for Ravens camp today, so that's interesting. Uh, Bruce Arians came out and said some things about uh, the reason why he stepped down as head coach. I'll have some thoughts on that. And look, there are there are plenty of this is this is the the classic case and and this Bruce Arians story here um, that we'll talk about later when we when we talk NFL. It is the classic case of watching members of the media just quickly carve up a story, put a headline out there to get some clicks. And if you aren't careful, if you aren't reading the actual article and reading the quotes from Bruce Arians, you're just taking the snippets from the the headline and the editorial uh the the editorial nature of particular stories that are written out there by members of the media. You would think that Bruce Arians is slamming Tom Brady for coming back, basically forcing him to retire from the NFL, which couldn't be further from the truth, which is why it's so important that we read and we find, you know, good journalists who actually, you know, write responsible pieces as opposed to some of the filth that is out there. And it is it is everywhere. Uh, so it's important that we, you know, we, we look at that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Cause I, again, I, I look, I'm not saying that I have the inside information. Um, I certainly didn't talk to Bruce, even though I've had a lot of great conversations with Bruce over the years, we used to have beers and, and, uh, enchiladas and tacos at the, at the Mexican food place that we lived near. You see him there all the time. And I got to know Bruce pretty well over the, uh, over the years of just kind of, happened to be meeting in the same place at the same time. Uh, I did not talk to Bruce about his decision. He, I didn't have a phone call with him. I didn't text him. I certainly didn't bring him on the show or anything like that to talk about it. I just have a really good idea about the person that Bruce is and how much he cares about his assistant coaches and the guys that he brought along with him to Tampa. And when all of this happened, when Tom retired and then unretired, I knew exactly what was happening. <laughs> I said it here on the show. I said, look, this is not what you think it is. This is, And I laid it all out for you. And then I think within like two or three days, it was basically confirmed that that was, that was exactly the case. That's exactly why Bruce retired. That's exactly why Todd Bowles was named the head coach and why Eric Bieniemy was continuing to be the offensive coordinator. 
Uh, Byron Leftwich, not Eric Bieniemy. I'm sorry, Byron Leftwich continued to be. But Eric Bieniemy is the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator who should have had a head coaching job by now. But uh, yeah, Byron Leftwich having uh, the the OC job continue, um, you know, there in Tampa. I just I I have a really good feel for the guy that Bruce Arians is, and this story, you know, again that you know that he, uh, you know, the quotes that he that he came out with in regards to Tom Brady's return to Tampa and stuff, just corroborates that even further. It's, um, it's, it's, it's easy to, to understand the situation if you just go and read a responsibly written article about the whole situation. Uh, there are some other things going on in the world of the NFL we'll get into. Devin Allen, a name that you might remember from his Pac-12 days as a receiver at the University of Oregon. Certainly people up here in Phoenix or people who follow high school sports in the state of Arizona will remember him. He was a standout at Brophy uh, up here in Phoenix. He did some amazing things over the weekend, but not in the world of football. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit uh, later in the show today. And we'll get into some topics, too. Um, you know, I, I know that I teased over the weekend that if I were going to be playing fantasy baseball and if I could become commissioner of MLB, what are the major changes I would make or, you know, what what one thing would I change that could potentially help Major League Baseball? We may get into that today. It's just one of those topics that I kind of keep on the back burner. We're getting into the dog days of summer. It's mid-June. We're getting into the dog days, and pretty soon we're not going to have a whole lot of games to talk about because the last thing you want me to do and the last thing you want to listen to is for me to break down the ins and outs of the nine inning game between the Baltimore Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays. Like you just, you're not going to want to hear that crap. And I don't want to talk about that crap. So we keep some of these, uh, some of these topics on hand. I'll tease them. I'll talk about them. We'll revisit them and other things that, uh, that will go on through the, uh, through the dog days of summer, as they call it. Uh, also, what is uh, Arizona football's biggest obstacle this upcoming season? We'll talk about, uh, potentially talk about that today as well. But coming up after the break, we will talk some Arizona football and some Arizona basketball. Keep it local here as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, The Jeff Dean Show, next here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Jeff Dean Show here on this Monday morning. Hope your day is going well for you so far. You don't need to start off Monday on, a, on, on the wrong foot. Don't need to start off on the wrong side of the bed. That's, uh, that's, always, that's, that's never good. So hopefully things are going well for you so far today. Things going well for the Wildcat basketball program over the weekend. We were able to discuss the signing of transfer Cedric Henderson on the show on Friday morning. Very excited about that. And then, uh, you know, I had I had intimated at the uh, near the end of the show that we should be expecting a decision from Texas guard Courtney Ramey probably before the end of the you know end of the day. I had said that you know it sounds like. Uh, Spears and Ali will be able to talk about it on their show today. And lo and behold, they were, as Courtney Ramey did decide to commit to Arizona's program and Tommy Lloyd, and uh, they get a very, very important transfer on uh, on Friday afternoon as former Texas combo guard Courtney Ramey decided to play out his final year of eligibility in the NCAA 
at the University of Arizona. He started uh, at Texas for Shaka Smart for two and a half years. He started midway through his uh, freshman season for uh, for Shaka and then started almost all of the games last year under Chris Beard. I think there were some some personal issues between the two, maybe not seeing eye to eye. He was benched for a couple of games by uh, by Chris Beard, and uh, but nonetheless was able to get back on the court. I read some of the quotes from uh, from Chris Beard, and look, I'll start by saying this. I have heard things about Chris Beard that make you believe that he's not much of a player's coach. Just put it that way. There's, there's, there's more than just one player in his past that didn't like the way that he coached or didn't like him, you know, as a coach, I guess. Uh, so if those two butted heads, you know, I can understand. And certainly very different styles between Chris Beard and what Shaka Smart was doing at Texas. Obviously Shaka with more of the up-tempo style uh, shooting a lot more threes than uh, than a Chris Beard team does. You know, Chris Beard's teams are, are predicated on defense and rebounding, and uh, Shaka is more about playing the full 93 feet of the court and, you know, allowing, you know, his team to, uh, you know, to kind of, you know, he wanted to create a lot of steals, a lot of easy buckets and things like that, and then get in the quick flow of the offense. In fact, uh, when Courtney Ramey was at Texas under Shaka, Texas is – uh, their offensive possession length was 64th in the country in terms of you know average length of their offensive possessions, which is that's 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 high, right? 64th. I think Arizona was ninth last year, eighth or ninth, I believe, uh, in possession length. And then when Chris Beard took over last year, Texas was 278th in the country in the same statistic. You can see the difference, and. You know, people are like, oh, well, you know, his statistics fell off last year. and I I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I think that was more on Chris Beard than it was on Courtney Ramey. And I'm not saying that Chris Beard caused him to not shoot the ball as well or anything, but if a player is used to playing in in one system for two and a half years and was flourishing in that system, in fact, you know, his junior year was was by far his best year in college basketball at Texas there. He shot – 40 um you know 41 and a half percent from three he was averaging over 12 points a game four assists a game I mean he was you know he was doing his thing and then you get you, you have a guy like Chris Beard come in maybe you guys get off to you know on, on you know off on the wrong foot together his style and his you know his philosophies are far far different from what you were doing under Shaka for the previous two and a half years and it causes a change in in your game and that's completely understandable. So I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into his drop off in his junior year at Texas. I just I wouldn't read too much into that. So glad to have him here. He's a very very important piece to this team because it gives them their replacement for Justin Kyer, who if you if you paid close attention to Arizona basketball last season, you realize just how important Justin Kyer was to this team. He was a calming influence in moments when the younger players were maybe getting out of bounds a little bit, going off the rails just a little bit. He was a calming influence. He was rarely a guy who would come off the bench and immediately just try to get his buckets. He just he wasn't he wasn't going to be that guy. He was going to make sure that everybody settled down and yes, 
there were plenty of times where Arizona was needing, you know, Tommy would go to the bench because Arizona had, had gone into the tank offensively. They were either, you know, getting poor shots, poor looks. They were forcing the thing. Regardless, they weren't scoring. And Justin was great at coming in and getting a couple of slasher buckets real quick to get things kind of get the ship right and get get that run from a you know from a make it from a you know an 8-0 or a 10-0 run that you were you know getting beat up on to it being a 10-4 run instead uh and you know he was such a such a huge influence on that team on both ends of the court and uh they needed a direct replacement replacement for him because when you're looking at this team and you look at the makeup of the of the roster is very young it's very very young up and down you know there's a there's a couple of starters who have some some experience but after that this is a young team so you look at Arizona's likely starting lineup next year you'll have Kerr at the one Ramey at the two I think Pella starts at the three then you have Zhu Azulis Tabellas at the four assuming that everything goes well with his uh with his surgery this offseason and then you have Umar Balo at the five now, your first reserves coming off the bench, my opinion, will be Adama Ball, who's, you know, we saw him kind of get unleashed to the world in the Pac-12 tournament last year. UCLA didn't know what to do with him. Uh, so you have Adama, Cedric Henderson, the new transfer, and the new freshman, Filip Bordovicinin, the uh, the Serbian forward, the, 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 stretch, the stretch four, if you will, the three-four kind of wing player. Look, this team is very thin and very young in the front court because your backup centers, your backup fives, are uh, freshman Dylan Anderson, whom I saw Friday night. Dylan uh, was at the uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs uh, event there for you know support. Basically, they you know they form like a high five line for the kids to go running through. Although a little bit unfair to have seven foot tall Dylan Anderson <laughs> trying to give a high five to these nine year old kids. Uh, but regardless, he was there, and then the other, the other, you know, center in, uh, on this team is the Estonian kid, Visar Henry Visar, who, you know, I don't, I, I don't know anything about, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, those are your, those are your backup centers, you know, and then as far as like power forwards go, <clears throat> pardon me, you can look at. Bordovicinin, you know, he could play the power forward, obviously coming off the bench. He's, you know, he's kind of a reserve uh, type of guy. Or Cedric Henderson could play the four when you go small. So I think that this team will likely have to play small ball a lot more often, smaller lineups a lot more often this year. You know, move Pella to the four. He played, Pella played the five last year in certain games. <laughs> so uh, playing the four is no, you know, nothing new for him. He's certainly got the body to be able to do it. So I think this is going to be a, a very different year in regards to the roster makeup uh, and things. And, and according to Bruce Pascoe, Tommy seems to be pretty content with going with 11 players. He doesn't need to go to the max of 13. They may sign you know one of the two transfers, whether it be uh, Abogidi from Washington State or Grandison from Illinois. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd like either one of those players or both of them for that matter to be part of this team if if they can help the team then obviously you want them on the uh, on the squad uh but it, it sounds like maybe he's just content with going with us 11 and rolling the dice and seeing how they go regardless uh, i think it's a team that is worthy 
of a of a of a top twenty five recognition. I don't, and again, I don't care about the preseason rankings. I only look at you know whether I believe that they are one of the best twenty five teams in the country, and given the maturity of a couple of players on this team, I think they absolutely can be one of the top 25 teams in the country. So we'll uh, we'll continue to update you. If anything happens in the world of uh, Arizona basketball, obviously you'll hear it here first on ESPN Tucson, whether it's here on my show or with Spears and Ali in afternoons from 3 to 6. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, Wildcat football keeps making waves in recruiting. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. You're on this Monday, June the 13th. Don't forget, we've still got those Diamondbacks tickets we're going to be giving away at some point between now and the end of the show, so about an hour and 20 minutes or so before the show ends, we'll be giving away those tickets to be listening for UQ to call to win a pair of tickets to go see the D-backs and the Detroit Tigers on Saturday, June 25th. Be listening for that. Over the weekend, uh, it, it's actually happened Friday afternoon. Several things happened Friday afternoon while I was uh, heading down to Tucson for the uh, for the weekend's events at Casino del Sol. Uh as Arizona announced that, uh, or was it, yeah, Arizona announced, but also the, the the young man from Texas announced that uh, three-star safety Arian Parrish from Katy, Texas, had committed to the Wildcats' 2023 recruiting class. Now, this gives them this was the the seventh player from the weekend of uh, recruit uh, recruiting visits that Jed Fish had essentially promised us. You know, he was the the dancing cactus with the number seven, and we were waiting on to see who that seventh would be. That seventh ended up being a three-star, potentially could play his way to a four-star this season uh, at, you know, at, at, his, at his high school, uh, Arian Parrish. This is a, a really important get for Arizona on several levels. First of all, this was 100% Chuck Cecil's recruiting job. This was, this was basically Chip. Uh, uh, I'm looking at Chip Hale right now. Uh, this was basically Jed Fish going to Chuck Cecil and saying, I want you to go get me one of the kids. I want you to go get me this safety we've been working on. Go go get him for me. And Chuck went to Katy, Texas, and was able to uh, to get uh, this young man to, uh, to commit. Now, this is arguably the best thing that Chuck has contributed to Arizona football since an 86 86- interception in November which we all know and love very very well because this is the first step in a in a process of trying to essentially ingrain yourself in a really really important hotbed of football recruiting Katy Texas just outside of Houston it's just it's just it's just a suburb of Houston it's right out there now Houston as great as Houston has been, the Houston area has been for football recruiting over the last uh, two decades, three decades probably, it is even more of a ticking time bomb right now as far as waiting to explode with five-star recruits. There was, I was talking to, to somebody, this was I think maybe a week ago, I guess, two weeks ago. It wasn't, it wasn't that long ago, that's for sure. Anyway, 
um, they were telling me that uh, that the Houston area and like the outlying areas around Houston could be producing upwards of 14 five-star recruits in the next two years. 14. Now, <laughs> just to give you a little scope of what that kind of looks like, usually the nation will produce about 25, 20, anywhere between like 22 and 30, so you average it, 25, 25 five-star football recruits a year. The, the entire country will produce 25 of them a year. This person I talked to said it could be what they're looking at, 14 five-star recruits in the Houston area in the next two years. That's a huge percentage. That's a massive percentage. And it's easy to understand why schools like, first of all, University of Texas, USC, Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, have all set up, basically have set up camp in Houston. They are recruiting the hell out of that area. And here comes Chuck Cecil and the Arizona Wildcats went 1-11 last year with the 72nd recruiting class in the country two years ago, walking into Katy, Texas, and grabbing a three-star, potentially four-star, depending on what happens his senior season, and running away with them. <laughs> now, again, this is a verbal commitment. I'm, I, you'll never hear me overplay a verbal commitment. Uh, this is, it is what it is, and until they're signed, sealed, and delivered, it is a, a free-flowing market and an easily changeable market. We see it every single day in the world of recruiting. Kids commit verbally, then change their minds the next day. Happens all the time. And next day, I don't mean literally the next day. It's in the grand scheme of things. So this was absolutely huge for Arizona to get. So props to Chuck Cecil on the job on this one because this was, this was his deal. This was go get him. Go prove to us that you're capable of recruiting on our new level. And he went in there and did it. I mean, look, you look at the schools that were offering uh, Parrish. You're looking at schools like Nebraska, USC, Houston, Arkansas, Colorado, which has stepped their game up. They're currently like 23rd, 22nd or 23rd in the country in the 2023 class. They've stepped it up. Those are look, Those are legit Okay, uh, you know other schools that were in there, like uh, I know Kansas was was a was a school that was looking at. It. I think K State was also another school that was looking at it. But like this is like this is a big deal for Arizona football because now they have, and as we saw, what happens with the you know potential snowball effect, as we saw, uh, you know at Anaheim Servite, when you got one, the other started to follow. Now. The school that that Arian Parish goes to uh, is one of the one of the better schools in the area, but th- it's a very close knit community. Is Houston? If you've ever been there, if you're from there, whatever. If you're familiar with it, you you understand that. A huge huge pipeline for Arizona to open up right now. Huge. And as I mentioned, every major program, and I mean every top tier program in the country, have set up shop in Houston because they know what's coming. It is a boomtown right now for big, big recruits. Some of the best football in the country will be played in the Houston area over the next two, three years on the high school level. 
So this gives Arizona now their 11th commitment in the 2023 class, and they've now moved up to 25th in the Rivals.com national rankings for 2023. They're sandwiched right between Oregon, who's at 24, and Florida State at 26. And if you look at the rest of the Pac-12, USC's killing it. I mean, USC and, and Lincoln, the, the job that Lincoln Riley has done in the few months that he's been there, less you know, six months that he's been there, seven, six, seven months since he was named, six months. They're absolutely killing it. They're, they have the highest star rating average of any school in the country, and by a long shot. Like, it's not even close. Their average, average star rating is like 4.3 on their recruits. I think Alabama is second with a straight four, just straight four, four average. So USC's killing it right now. Like, they're a problem. And we knew they were going to be a problem. But if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that I think that that's a good thing for the Pac-12. And, yes, we may have to contend with USC as a real problem, both on the field and off the field, if we're going to be recruiting in the same pools as USC, even though this kid was offered by USC, Arian Parrish was offered by USC, and Arizona was able to land him, it's going to be a difficult uphill battle. But it's great for the Pac-12 that USC is going to be making waves and bringing players onto the field that are going to make a difference. They're going to move the needle. They're going to be drafted into the NFL. It's important for USC to be really good because the Pac-12 needs representation in the grand scheme of things nationally. They, they, you have to have it because not only does it just help the conference as a whole – but it will help all of the individual schools just you know more than just financially more than than you know than that if if Arizona in 2 years happens to put together this whole thing and and it's going in the direction that it's been going and their meteoric rise has brought them to a top 25 ranking you know 7 games in 7 weeks into the 2023 season and all of a sudden there's a game at the Coliseum at 12.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday, and ABC picks it up, and everybody in the country is like, here's number three USC versus number 21 Arizona. This is the game of the week. That's massive, massive for Arizona and for the Pac-12. So it's important that USC be great. Uh, and they're just they're killing it right now in recruiting. They are just – Lincoln Riley and his staff are – they're just they're getting anybody they want practically, <laughs> which it kind of sucks. But uh, hey, like I said, competition around you makes you better. So if you're going to try to compete and, and uh, keep up with the Joneses, as they say, and I think that uh, the Jed Fish and his staff are doing a fine job right now. 25th in the country for the 2023 class, 25th in the country for the 2022 class. Things are looking good right now for Arizona football. Very very happy with the direction that things are going. All right, we're going to take a timeout. More after this. You're listening to The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. An exciting race at the Belmont uh, over the weekend, if you missed it, on Saturday. The race was finished 1-2. Mo Donegal and Nest finished 1-2 at the Belmont, ironically. Both of them by trainer, University of Arizona graduate Todd Pletcher. 
Uh, now Donegal, Mo Donegal was the uh, was the horse that I I picked to win uh, the Kentucky Derby, and it, it didn't didn't perform great. Just was a, you know I think it was a bad situation for the type of uh, the type of race it was run and you know all that stuff. And we know what the comeback was in that race. Great race uh, the the Kentucky was. But at the Belmont uh, over the weekend, it's a really, really nice win. Certainly a huge feather in the cap for uh, for Todd Pletcher, who uh, once again wins the Belmont. Seems to get a, a lot of horses winning the Belmont. He had uh, Taprit uh, just a few years ago, Palace Malice back in the day, uh, Rags to Riches in uh, 2007. So uh, he's had uh, several horses now win the Belmont. So good win. For uh, for his uh, a one two finish for his horses, which is awesome in an eight uh, eight horse field that was pretty much wide open. They you know it was considered to be uh, what you know looked to maybe be a really sloppy mess uh, there at the Belmont. Ended up being a pretty nice day there in New York and um, end up taking home the prize. So congratulations to University of Arizona graduate Todd Pletcher and uh, his horses finishing one two. At, uh, at New York's Belmont Stakes. And now the Preakness awaits. We're not going to have a Triple Crown winner this year, obviously, uh, but uh, still exciting for, you know, the big three of the, uh, you know, of the the the, uh, the Triple Crown, of course. Um, and then Rich Strike will uh, – I don't know if Rich Strike's going to run in the Preakness. Um, I, think he, I think he finished sixth at the Belmont yesterday. But, yeah, that's, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they run at the Preakness. But, nonetheless, good win right there. And uh, – Another another great moment for a proud Wildcat. So that's good. Good to see that kind of stuff happening. We've still got our number two coming up ahead. We've still got those D-backs tickets to give away, so be listening for that. Be listening for your cue to call in, uh, in our number two at some point. It could happen at any time there. Just be listening for your cue to call, and uh, you can win those tickets to go see the Diamondbacks take on the Detroit Tigers. Coming up in our number two, we'll talk some NFL. As uh, There's a little bit of news coming out, and I think over the next – probably 10 minutes, we'll probably get some more news and information as some of the team's mandatory mini camps are beginning to open up today. We'll be uh, discussing some of the uh, attendees and the uh, the players who may be missing out on more of these mandatory workouts. We'll talk about that. Uh, also have some thoughts on what Bruce Arian said over the weekend in regards to Tom Brady's return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and his resignation slash retirement from coaching in the NFL. Uh, Devin Allen, I mentioned uh, that him before, Brophy High School uh, standout, of course, that was here you know, probably you know, nine or ten years ago now. Uh, but he was, uh, he was obviously a wide receiver up at the uh, University of Oregon, has been working on his track and field career, and he had a big weekend uh, this weekend as well and has a big season coming up as he's been signed by an NFL team. The Philadelphia Eagles signed him to a three-year contract He's 27 years old. He's going to be a rookie in the NFL. So that should be interesting. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk some NBA Finals. Steph Curry, can he repeat what he did in Game 4? If he does, it'll put him in rarefied air as some of the only, uh, one of only a few of uh, you know former players who have been able to score 40 points in back-to-back NBA Finals games. Joining Devin Booker in that uh, adventure, by the way. And who knows what else may happen here in the world of sports before we close things out on this uh, on this Monday morning. Regardless, glad you're here with us. We look forward to having you here for hour number two as uh, we turn things over here. Coming up 
in our number two, as I mentioned, and it was, you know, we could talk about some other things as well. So be ready for anything. Could be topics. Could be fantasy baseball. Could be big obstacles for Arizona football. Who knows? Stick around and find out. We're going to toss it to ESPN for a Sports Center update. We'll be right back in two minutes, right here on ESPN Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson. K285DL1049FM Tucson. And KMXZHD4 Tucson.